All right. What is going on, everybody? Welcome back to another Serious Angler podcast. As always, I'm your host, Bailey Eichbrett, and with me is the captain, Mr. Andy Folt. I uh, appreciate you and Deacon taking over the ropes on Monday so I could take a much-needed date night with the lady. So, Happy uh, belated birthday for the 100th time. Yeah, so, three years of experience being 21. Yeah. <laughs> Fun. You know how many people I posted on Facebook saying, like, three years of experience being 21, trying to make, like, a stupid dad joke? And, like, how many people messaged me saying, Happy anniversary? And I was like, what are you talking about? And they're like, your posts with your fiancé. Like, congrats. And I'm like... Read that again. And they're like, oh, happy birthday. <laughs> <laughs> so people are so dumb. Yeah. Just, I'm so tired of people at this point. It's funny. Like social <laughs> media has us so brainwashed that we can think what – we can look at a picture and think something that it is completely separate from what, like, the reality is. Like, in that situation, happy anniversary. It's like, no, idiot, it's my birthday. Like, what the hell? <laughs> and yeah. They do that constantly. It, social media puts a perspective in your in your head of like about somebody or about something then you see it in real life you're like oh, <laughs> oh what am I cool. or what you I see something you're like oh this is way cooler than i thought like yeah. there's people in fishing right now that are getting like shredded because like they're like sharing fish like they uh they'll catch a fish like one of them catch a fish and then the other person will like change the angle of the picture and like Take a picture of the other person's fish. Look at this 10 pounder we just caught. Yeah, and they make like different stories for each. I don't know. Social media is, yeah. It, it, Take it, it with it, a, a grain of salt, I guess. That's <laughs> so what we're trying to get it. But, one of my uh, favorites yeah. is I think like two or three months ago, I posted a steelhead with like snow on the ground. And people literally messaged me, like, did you catch that today? I'm like, do you not see the snow? Like, <laughs> it is june no it is not yeah. snowing. yes it's yeah. new york and it can happen but no it is not snowing. yeah <laughs> i was like you people are dumb like, <laughs> yeah. that today. install oh. a couple of brain cells into this next comment <laughs> yeah exactly yeah but uh, again thank you deacon for uh letting me take the night off uh we have a cool show tonight obviously today is a friday we are uh nearing on our last weekend's Especially for our guest today, Adam Bartuzic, who is making his resurface back to the show tonight. Uh, I'm sure he's counting down the weekend before he's not able to hit the open water anymore. But uh, Andy, I think we're, we're counting down, but not as fast as those out in the Midwest. Because at this point, with our water, water temps right now, you might be fishing until January. I don't even know what it is. I think Erie, huh, I can tell you. I it was 62 say- last Saturday. Uh, I can tell you that. Uh, I want to say... It's 58. Hold on. I think it's going to be cold tonight and into the weekend, so that might drop even more. It could be firing all cylinders this next week. The blade bait bite just started. That's good. Like a month late. Yeah, I was telling you and Jeff, like the only bite I could get on, like they wouldn't eat a drop shot, wouldn't eat a Ned, played around with different baits and all that jazz, wouldn't eat Maxen, but the only thing I could get them to eat was a jigging spoon. Mm -hmm. You had to make them eat, which for the fall bite is – Weird, but now I think that should be starting now that we have a couple more days of consistent. We had like those three days that got like set mid seventies after we had our first big cold front. But it was yeah, weird. It was funky. It yeah, hopefully some, yeah, hopefully some big old smallmouth videos coming to you guys. Um, that'll be posted this winter. But we're just straight mashing on, seeing all the silliness that goes down. Which it sounds like our guest is about to get into some silliness, and we'll just bring him on now. 
our good buddy, Mr. Adam Bartuzic. What's going on, dude? Hey, how's it going, guys? It's been a hot minute. Yeah, it's been what, like fantasy fishing? Yeah, I think it was July. Yeah, it would have been right before the northern swing. I don't remember the last one I did. I think I did Champlain, maybe. I no. think there was a show after the fan, like the season recap that you did. Yeah, we did a recap. Oh, okay. Maybe I was on that. But either way, it's been a long time. It has. It's been several months, but uh, it's good to have you back, dude. But, uh, yeah, I'm happy to how be are back. Things, uh, Yeah, how are things in the Midwest, dude? Uh, good. I mean, man, it was like 70s to 80s here until probably – week and a half ago bailey you came up here didn't you and it was warm and then all of a sudden it just plummeted yeah i was there for three days and i flew in on a tuesday and it was like high 70s and then two days later when i was flying home driving to the airport it was 31 yeah so so, shift yeah fall fall is set in up here um which is good like we really needed it we still haven't gotten any rain there's lakes that are like two feet low so that's going to be weird, but, uh, yeah, cooling off, which is welcomed. You look at the extended forecast. It looks like we're going to have ice right when we're kind of used to having it and, uh, crossing my fingers that we will anyways. But, uh, yeah, it's just been, man, I've just been on the road, just gone. So it's just a whirlwind. Been crazy. Been a crazy, like 10 months. Yeah. I mean, was it this time last year or was it or has it been over a year that you've kind of started your own little gig and pretty much run run away with it, dude? It's like a year and a half now. Is it a year and a half? Basically, yeah. I mean, la- last year this time though, I was sitting here basically with no work. Like I didn't have anything. I just finished all the open water. Um, I didn't really have any plans for ice fishing. I was, yeah, I, I think me and Soby had just finished filming The Bite season two about right now. And, um, yeah, I got home. I was like, hey, I got a few weeks to chill and kind of chilled out, watched some football. And then me and Waldo decided to do the Crappie Chronicles and kind of everything really launch padded after that. So about this time last year, honestly, I, w- I didn't really know what I was going to be doing. I thought I might be p- applying for real jobs. Um, so yeah, there was a bit of that contemplation going on, but ever since, I mean, the last 11, 10, 11 months have been just nuts. Yeah, it's dude. I mean, ever. yeah, it's crazy. I think, yeah. so the talent was there, but you really let the talent kind of expose itself when you did crappy chronicles where people really got to see a glimpse. And I think that was like, the nail in the head resume builder for you to therefore get, you know, work doing uh, the elites with, with Scott and with Hank and, you know, all the different guys that you got to work with that really built that portfolio. I think crappy Chronicles one, you did a damn good job. Uh, I don't think there was a second I didn't watch. I know a bunch of guys that were on the same boat as that. I think that really was what took off for you. And that is why you're successful now. And it's, I mean, you haven't looked back. Yeah. Yeah. No, it's, it's for sure. I mean, it was huge. Like I look back on it now and I really did that as, I mean, that was straight up a passion project. Like I had nothing scheduled or anything. 
Um, I had nothing on my own YouTube, but I kind of had some plans and ideas of what stuff I wanted to do. And um, yeah, I just talked to Waldo and Griff and was like, hey, do you guys want to do this? And they're like, sure, you know, what, whatever your vision is, let's try it. And did it. And yeah, launch padded everything. Like it, it was nice to finally, um, rather than telling other people's stories, kind of being able to tell my own story and go do my own thing. Um, so that was a lot of fun. And like the one was really big too. Um, so getting to do a lot of that was really big and yeah, it's just been, like I said, it's just been nuts. Like to give you an idea, like I looked at my truck today and in the last 10 months I've put on like 42,000 miles. Yeah. By the time December 10th or something, I'll have over 50 in a year. That's, that's something we're going to we're going to dive into in a second here is uh the reason for those mileages but uh I think you you brought up something that I wanted to ask a question. I don't know if you're able to answer it or not, but will we see another season of the one? Uh I don't know if I'm supposed to say or not, but I didn't film anything with Sam. And that's being dead honest. Like I talked to him and he said he wasn't planning on doing it, so I wouldn't expect it, but he's he too busy done, partying about he, his. Uh, he did. He maybe did something else. I don't, I don't know. I don't know what's going on with him. But like we both, with the opens getting rescheduled into October, and then like stuff that was going on up here in September, like there wasn't even a time to do it. Like mm-hmm. even if we wanted to, I don't know how we would have did it. So right. mm-hmm. I, I don't. <clears throat> you won't see another season. Maybe in the future. Like we still really want to do it. It's a right. lot of fun, but just wasn't um, in the calendar. Yeah, it's just too busy, too tough. It was too hard. I think he's still uh, partying in the tree stand, you know, celebrating your guys' Tourney Tuesday team of the year deal. Yeah, yeah. No, I think he's gearing up for ice right now. I haven't even talked to him much um, other than he was staying right by us at the last open. So I got to talk with him quite a bit, but I know he's been hunting a lot and. I think he's just been recharging the batteries, which kind of is something I need to do. Um, but recharging the batteries, getting ready for ice, because, I mean, you guys get a bit of it, but, like, when the ice hits up here in Minnesota, like, it is this niche market of just mm-hmm. straight-up craziness for, like, two or three months. And, I mean, like you saw last year with me doing the Chronicles, like, you can launch your career in literally a month if you do it right. Um, it's yeah. totally possible. And, like, if you just get recharged and you're ready to hit it hard, like, there's – the possibilities are literally endless because the viewership and everything is just there. Yeah. It's pretty wicked. I mean, we we are definitely not the – we definitely have a popular, you know, area for ice fishing, but we are not the – we are not Minnesota or Wisconsin. We don't have diehards, like, that are just so gear-headed towards it. We have guys that go out sit on a bucket and they might have like a Markham or a Bexler. Yeah. Yeah. No, it's a, it's crazy here. Like it's the Mecca. Like it really is like the St. Paul ice show. Um, It's like, honestly, I think it's the biggest sports show probably that happens. And it might, I don't know attendance numbers from the classic off the top of my head. Um, But like, dude, the St. Paul ice show reels in like, I want to say almost a hundred thousand people in three days. Like it's crazy. Um, so that's super fun, but yeah, it's, it's a weird niche market and it's fun to be a part of just right in it, right in the heat of it. Yeah. The only place I'd say that might 
come close for a niche market in New York for ice fishing is probably Oneida for walleye. Because there's a lot of guys who travel there for walleye fishing. Yeah, You get some diehards, but then you just get a lot of idiots where they claim to be diehards, but they'll just make really dumb decisions. Yeah. <laughs> like going out on a snowmobile in like three inches of ice. Yeah, we just freeze solid for five months. So it's either you sit at home, stare at lake maps, or you go out and ice fish. So. Or you do what Josh Douglas does and go live. In or Florida. you just go down to Florida. <laughs> yeah. yeah. I'm I that one. Yeah. <laughs> I did it this year. It did not suck. It was not <laughs> terrible. <laughs> Although, so dude, once you're there long enough, 70s is cold, I hear. Yeah. Well, once you're there long enough, too, I, I mean, honestly, like, you just get bored. I get, anyways, the way I am, like, I get bored of the same thing, like, all the time. Mm-hmm. So it's nice to kind of get changes like with being on the road as long as I have this year, like February, I drove to the first elite event at the St. John's. Then we went to Knoxville and it was a little chilly there. But I mean, honestly, for the most part, like since February, other than maybe, man, like seven days I could count. I've been in like 60s or more for like 10 months. And I don't know how snowbirds do it because I'm like, I need something to change. Like it's just getting getting monotonous almost <laughs> too warm mm-hmm. <laughs> and i love the heat like yeah. i you fall in june i was loving it but uh yeah it's just i'm ready ready for kind of to flip a switch a bit i hear you so dude let's let's backtrack because so you mentioned you've been putting on a lot of miles in the truck and one of those is you had your first year competing in the Bassmaster opens uh, and it was the Southerns, correct? Or was the Centrals? I did Central. the Centrals. Central. Yeah. Um, so I don't want to, you know, give you any PTSD or anything like that, but it'd be cool to walk through the tournaments and kind of go through of, you know, leading up to your practice, let's say, get something that good came out of each tournament, maybe a lesson you learned. And we'll, we'll, we'll go tournament by tournament, but it'd be cool to hear how the tournament went and then something you learned from that tournament and then something that um, you think you did well in that tournament. Yeah, no, for sure. And, uh, like, I also fished the Alabama Bass Trail 100 circuit this year. Mm -hmm. So, like, that, too, learned a ton there. Um, But, yeah, I mean, kind of going through it, I guess, I feel like this will probably be a good more real-life interview for people being like – because, you know, everybody who does well in the Opens gets interviewed and all that, but – yeah, it's not all sunshine and rainbows. I'm no, sure. it's not all sunshine and rainbows. <laughs> it can suck. And, like, you can have good practices and just suck. But, uh, like, the first the first one I had, like, my first tournament this year was, like, January, I don't know, 9th or something on Lay Lake mm-hmm. um, for the Alabama Bass Trail. It was really cold there. It was, like, high of 40, and it rained every single day. Uh, <laughs> it was, yeah. Like, dude, I'd rather be ice fishing. Like, me and James, my partner there, were talking about it. I was like, dude, I'd rather be on the ice. This is miserable. Like, it was just terrible. Mm-hmm. But uh, that tournament, we couldn't find any largemouth. Like, we tried. We were there for four days of practice, and I, we never caught a largemouth. We tried for a lot. And, like, most of our practice was, like, even on, a like, Lay Lake, where there are spots everywhere, it was, like, five bites max a day. It was really tough, but the tournament came around. We found some areas that had good concentrations of fish. We thought we were going to need like 14 pounds to get a check, 
Um, so we were up in the coos, way up in the Coosa River, and uh, we were reaming on a bunch of like one and a half twos, and uh, like every once in a while I'll catch a two and a half, but like you were really working through them to upgrade, and eventually we were just like, well, let's get out of here, and um, ended up learning in that one. Uh, trust your instinct that the bite is terrible and not that you don't know what you're doing because if we would have stayed there and milked out a couple more two and a half instead of weighing 11 and a quarter or 11 and a half like we did and taken 32nd we would have weighed like 12 and a half 13 and taken like 15 literally just by milking through them more and um because we were like three quarters of a pound out of a check it was terrible that's that's tight like yeah no it was super tight like i think swindle took second with like 17 like there were a couple bags over 15 but like it dropped fast like 10th place might have been 13 pounds if i remember right 14 it was very steep drop off um yeah learned at that one and then so then we went to the first open well it was supposed to be smith lake in april but then it got postponed because if you remember april and March in Alabama, the whole state was underwater. Yeah, um, tornado bombs everywhere. It was insane. Like I was following the elites there, so like I felt like I was constantly hearing tornado sirens. Oh, um, you're right. That was Pickwick. Pickwick right? Yeah, yeah, was- I was at Pickwick. Yep. So yeah, that was crazy. Lake came up six feet in a day. Never seen anything like it. <laughs> That's yeah, no really. Yeah, I was staying with Scott and Ari, and we had to like go get a we. Didn't have to go to one of the storm shelters everyone else was in. Like, the Airbnb owner we had had a house down the street we went to. But, yeah, dude, it was bad. It You're was a long way from Minnesota. Yeah. <laughs> but, uh, no, so then the first open ended up being at Pickwick. And I really like Pickwick. Like, I really do. I got there, and I was really comfortable there. And everywhere, basically, up lake, it would be from, like, Bear Creek. I really liked that area of the lake. It fished a lot like the Mississippi River, I thought, but it had grass like Minnetonka. So mm-hmm. I had grass out to, you know, 10 feet in places. And uh, I had got on a really good practice. Like I had two or three days where I caught 15 to 18 maybe. Like I was pretty confident one of the days I could have caught like 23 pounds. Um, we are yeah, like catching them good, calling shots. Yeah. And then, um, I mean, it like first lesson at the Opens, like I got really dialed in on a pattern, and you hear a lot of guys say, like, when you get really yeah. dialed in, like you just overlook things. And, like, looking back on it, it's just like, man, you idiot. Um, like I was catching them on a chatterbait and a rattle trap, just like crawling it over the grass. And um, I didn't get a lot of bites, but they were always big. And tournament day, I think I dumped two big ones in the morning, caught one big one. But then all of a sudden, I had a short day. So it was like 1 o'clock. I had to be in at 2, and it's a 40-minute run. I was like, well, what am I going to do? Like, I can't go just pick up any fish on the way back. I'm fishing all the way up the lake for the most part. And, uh, yeah, so did bad both days, just didn't catch them doing that. And, uh, ended up hurrying up too much. So I don't think I was fishing slow enough. And Mm -hmm. the big thing was like, I ended up talking to a few guys, like seven of the top 10 were literally in eyesight of me. 
Like I could see him the whole day catching fish. Um, oh, that hurts. Yeah, it, it wasn't <laughs> fun. <laughs> but uh, like Nene, Nene, Joey Nania, Joey, he caught like 23 pounds or whatever he had day one, like right next to me. Like I watched him idle away and look at his buddy and be like, yeah, I got like 22. And I was like, I'd be sick. <laughs> but uh ended up talking to a handful of guys that were in that area and a lot of them said they ended up picking up a spinning rod on game day and like being from the north like i should have picked up a spinning rod like a neko rig a drop shot a jig worm like we throw that up here just a mushroom head with a worm uh-huh. um just stuff like that and i just never did because i just glued a trap and a chatterbait on my deck and i was like that's what i'm gonna throw um so I learned a lot from that one. So you you were going just for bigger bites essentially, but you get you remember too late that the opens is a point system. You think that well from a lot you might not have won picking up a drop shot, but if you did, maybe you would have positioned yourself better. Is that what you're trying to get at? Yeah, I mean for overall points. And like to be honest, like my first year in the opens, like you see guys who qualify their first year and like some of them do really great and a lot of them burn out um, because they just can't get there. So my thoughts were like, I wanted to get the experience and really see what it's like. And um, like, I wanted to fish for points so I'd have a shot to do it. But like, I think Panger was talking on BTL the other day about this and him and I talked about it a lot. Like the tournaments, you know, you can swing at, you have to swing. Like you have to. And I got to Pickwick and I was like, yeah, I should be able to do all right here, you know, finish around the, you know, check line or whatever. And my practice was so good that I was like, my only, like, I have to swing. Cause I don't know what Smith or Grand are going to be like. So I'm going to swing, try to make a top 10 here. Mm-hmm. Um, so, and I didn't and it sucks. So then you just get in, you're completely out of the points race. So for the rest of the year, you're like, well, I'm just going to swing. Yeah. <laughs> I'm just gonna go big. Why not? I mean, yeah. when you're when you're out of position, I mean, I, I I'm speaking so like Bradley Holman. You know, I listened to the show with BTL he did, and like how he was talking, like he was out of it, and then he just completely dropped out of the division because like his goal is to make the elites. I'm gonna use it like I'm gonna save funds and whatever for next year. But in someone like your case, it's like it's your first one. Like you need to get the experience, get the time under your belt, running those bigger events. And whether, you know, win or lose, last place or first, I mean, it's going to get you better experience going in next season so that you have that big field event under your belt so that you know how to manage things. Come yeah, next well, and just, more. like, knowing how much 200 boats crushes a fishery. Like, holy oh, cow, yeah. guys talk about it, but my God, dude, it is insane. Everywhere you go, there's a boat. well yeah and you can fit in kind of wherever you want like smith i never really had a problem Mm -hmm. um grand i I didn't either but uh pickwick was more tight because like i was fishing around kroger island which is like very notorious so like you'd pull in there go to your grass stretch and there's eight boats you can see but you're just like i got really dialed into like what they were sitting on like I graphed a lot of that once I figured out what it was and I knew where the ditches were, like where I needed to be. So I I was pretty confident pulling into there, but yeah, I mean like with, with Hallman's situation, like that he does this for a full-time living. Right. So like, it makes sense. Then if you're out of it to get out of it and save expenses, like for me, 
those three are the three I'm doing. And like, I have another job. So like, yes, it sucks spending the money and losing it. But at the same time, it's like, I can kind of afford to go there and really learn the tough lessons. Um, which is why, like, you know, I say, like, I think people should do it. And it's really hard to go show up for the other ones when you know you don't have a chance, like driving a grand and you were like, why the heck am I even going right now? But I think it also just like your mentality, not giving up. Like that's a huge thing for me. Like just trying to stay in it and be like, don't give up because it can happen at any point in time and just keep plugging through type of deal. Yeah. You might not make the elites, but you might make the classic. Yeah, exactly. And like, yeah, so I was like, I'll try to make a classic, like even try to make a top 10. I thought that'd be really cool. Just get it, get my first check, like just trying to do those things and learn the tough lessons. So yeah, Pickwick was really tough. Um, Then came back to Minnesota. But like from that, I learned, like I basically made a pact with myself after that tournament. Like I will never fish a tournament without at least eight rods on my front deck. Like it it might not be 15 or 20, but like, even if I'm dialed, I'm going to have out five baits. I might throw four times, but just have them there because I'm the type of guy that once I start grooving, I don't pull them out, even if they're tied in the rod locker. Um, So just having them out. So when I got back to Minnesota, I kind of made that deal with myself. Like, I'm not going to do that again. Um and it, like, also, like, if I think I know the pattern, I'm not going to just only do that. Like, I'm going to say, okay, this is my pattern, but I'm going to make sure there's nothing else. And if there is, at least I have a little something else. So then, uh, yeah, had a few tournaments, like had an unbelievable tournament season in Minnesota. And I really think a lot of that came from the lessons at like Lay Lake of like, trust your instincts of what you think the weight's going to be, um, what you think you need. And then Pickwick of just, like, don't rule out anything and try to fish new water on game day. So, like, I took both those back and had a really good summer in Minnesota. Um, But, like, June, and we had the ABT 100 on Eufaula. Um, That that event irks me. And, honestly, why I'm really excited to go, like, I'm pretty tired of tournament fishing right now but I'm really glad the team championship that I qualified for because of how good we did this summer mm-hmm. um, is on you because June, when James and I were there, we got on them right away. Like I told him, I was like, I don't want to pick wick over again. Like every morning we got to go try shad spawn, whatever, like look for anything, but we got really dialed into brush piles. We knew like, exactly where they were like it was kind of cool even like james was telling me he figured out two of the areas of eufaula and he explained it to me and we ended up running with it was you pattern the brush pile maker not the fish so like in a certain area of eufaula one guy drops the brush piles he drops them in the same spots so like jim over in this area of the lake right he loves trenches So they're all in the trenches. All the new ones that year, he put them all in the trenches. So you go there and you scan and you're like, oh, there they are. And you check a couple other areas, but there's nothing there. Hmm. Then you go to another part of the lake and like, you know, George, George loves the tips of points. So then you just go scan the tips of points and you're like, oh, there they are. 
Huh. I've never heard that before. That's pretty Yeah, juicy. so, like, James came up with it. It was really cool. So, like, any brush pile fishery I get to now, I immediately think of it. Because it's like someone puts those down and nobody goes out there and just meanders around and chucks them. They put them in a certain spot and they're patternable. So that was cool. So they got really into them. And then we had terrible boat troubles all of practice. Oh, man. Um, We brought two boats down and we just had like the bug. to give you an idea of how bad it was, the last day of practice, day before the tournament on Friday, at 10 a.m., both him and I were in the machine shop. Oh, my God. Yes. Yeah. Oops. We brought two boats to avoid that problem. And both boats were <laughs> out of commission. Yeah. So it was oh, like, God man. dang. And then tournament day, we lost a bunch of them and just didn't fish clean. It was just like a week from hell. Like, just terrible bad luck. And even with that, we had four three-pounders in our live well and, like, one squeaker. Mm-hmm. And we're running in, and there's I could tell there was current flowing, so I pulled up to a ledge that I'd fished, like, four days ago, and there were a couple on. And I was like, well, the current's going. There should be more here. We pulled up, and I caught a little one first cast. James dumped, like, a five- or six-pounder, like, oh right, by the, right as it jumped. And we were like, well, we got to run in. Run in, and you're like, well – had our opportunities like we had a legit opportunity to be like top five um and just like a bad week and the moment we weighed in chapman won a cooler and all our luck turned around so (laughs) (laughs) just kind of the way it goes i i want to go back really fast so the pattern the what's the term you used you said pattern the angler the drop like the guy who was dropping the brush pattern the brush pile maker not the fish so if you find them, they're on brush piles and you find them, say, on a tip of a point and they're on those brush piles, does that mean you're just going to start running tips of points and seeing if there's brush piles on them? Yeah. I mean, because, well, once you figured out which brush piles they were in, you didn't even have to look for other ones. They were there. Like, I don't know how many times. That's why you scan for, like, I scan for, like, 12, 14 hours a day on the Ufala. Because, mm-hmm. um, like, literally, dude, you scan one. And you're like, oh, I'll throw something in there and see if there's one there. And you throw in first cast and it's dong. You're like, oh, cool. <laughs> so, like, that's your excitement of practice. <laughs> like, sweet. So, so like, then, like, four hours later when you find some other ones, you're like, I wonder if they're still here. And you throw in and dong. You're like, oh, who would have guessed? <laughs> here we go. Yeah. So if you find them on the tips of points then in brush, Say like there's there's saddles or ditches or trenches like you mentioned, and they're in those two. Like, will they get in more than one different thing, or is it? Yeah, yeah, just it's like, just the brush pile makers. Will, they'll be in brush piles, right? Okay. But the certain areas of the lake, the good brush piles are only in a certain thing. Like there were mm-hmm. some areas where they were mixed up a little more, where I think a few people dropped them. But for the most part, like you get in a certain area of the lake, it was like one thing like Mm. and that's where they were so you Mm. just scanned around for them so like we were fishing some in trenches we had some like in four feet up on top of flats um some out in 17 feet out on ledges but like they're just in brush i mean there's nothing else there on ufala so there's a few ledges but like like i found one megawatt on a ledge 
on day one of practice or on like Monday of practice, there was like 40 of them there. And uh, the next day went out and there were three guide boats on it. So you're like, oh, that's gone. Like went back. We were the last boat on tournament day. So like on the way down, we just kind of went by it and scanned it. And I was like, there ain't a fish left here. They're all gone. (laughs) They all left. I mean, you hear guys talk about that, like a ledge fishery or a smallmouth fishery. When there's a big school there, they're like, if you find it day one, mark a waypoint and then forget about it because most likely, you know, tournament day, they're already gone. Yeah, we went there once and like threw a forecast and we were like, yeah, no, they're not here. (laughs) They're not hiding. They're in here. Um, We we talked about, did we talk about the second open already? No, so then then I just had the two opens in the fall. So Smith Lake, which was recently, um, I got so I got Mega Live. I borrowed my buddies, and I was psyched about that to get down there. I was only gonna have two and a half days of practice though, because I had a bunch of work I had to get done still. So I was like, I'll get down there. I'll practice Monday, Tuesday, Wednesday, half day, and just I was so that one I decided I'm only gonna fish this part of the lake. I basically said I'm going to stay within seven miles of the dam, make that my lake, and figure out how to catch them there. Day one, caught like 13, 14 pounds, had a pretty good day, Um, went around, could see them on live, and dude, by Wednesday, like you poke a live deucer at their face, and they're like, nope, (laughs) swim right away. Like a flashlight in the dark. There's no Mm -hmm. one that's coming over them. Yeah, so no, no, no. <laughs> yeah, they were like, uh uh-uh. so yeah, that one. I mean, and we got all that rain, and we weren't supposed to get rain when I made that plan. So then, all the practice in my head, I was just like, I need to run as far up one of these creeks and just throw a buzz bait. And uh, I just didn't do it because I was like, I said, I'm gonna do this, I'm gonna do this, I'm gonna see how it goes just for learning experience. And um, day one. I just got a bad rotation. I made a bad decision that blast off. I started on a brush pile right by the takeoff because I was like, oh, maybe I can pick one up here. There were a couple there literally yesterday. I scanned my live by it. I saw a handful of them. <coughs> um, got there, none there. Ran to another brush pile, which in retrospect was really stupid because it was cloudy. Mm-hmm. Um, then at like 11, I pulled into this pocket, which is what like my gut was saying, start there. I found it two days earlier, had a ton of bait in it. And when I got there, it was going down. But I could not catch a keeper. I could only catch eight to 14 inches. And I had like three giants come try to eat my top water and miss it. Um, I chased a blueback school in there for a little bit and lost two big ones that were chasing the blueback school. Like it was just a bad day. Mm. so then i zeroed day one day two i didn't have a co so i was like i'm just gonna fish all new water um ran around fishing all new water caught a couple shorts found a brush pile caught like a three and three quarter out of it i was like that's sick i thought it was a striper (laughs) um yeah then went in it was just a bad tournament but then basically my biggest lesson from that one was listen to your gut and practice. <laughs> like even if you yeah. show up and you're like, I'm going to do this. And you're like, I should probably run up a Creek. You should probably run up a Creek. Yeah. It's it, an it expensive is. learning experience, but very much. But like, 
I have those lessons now. Yeah. And dude, dude, that's so hard though. Like that's such, that is the hardest part of fishing is you're about to blast off. All right. Where do we go first? Like very rarely is there a clear cut decision. And at times, dude, especially when like all week of practice with that rain, it was getting a little dirty. Mm -hmm. The fishing was getting bad. And like me and Pangrat got on the same deal. Um, and like him and I were talking, I was like, dude, I'm getting less bites every day. And he's like, me too. I was like, this is not good. This is a really bad problem to have. Like, I hope mm-hmm. I can squeak a couple out and just get by. Um, but yeah, like he said, you heard him say he only got five bites day one. Yeah. Or five keeper bites. You right. know, I caught like 40 fish on day one. They were just like 12 of them were 14 and a half to 14 and 15 sixteenths. That's enough to drive somebody mad when they're like one inch too short every single time. A sixteenth of an inch too short every time. They're so close. Like if you could pinch the tail in the opens, I would have weighed in a limit. (laughs) Go figure. (laughs) Because they only they only fan it, so you're like, oh, okay. Hmm. But uh, yeah, so that that one was tough. I mean, that was my first time on a blueback fishery. Like everyone says, how much they hate them. I really didn't mind it. Like. Granted, I did terrible, but like kind of fishing it and doing it, like kind of just realized you go to contours and then you meander around. <laughs> really, that's kind of what it is. It's kind of like chasing Cisco chasers, right? Yeah, it in, honestly is kind of like chasing Cisco chasers. So it's like, okay, here one day, gone the next, and just getting more experience on those type of fisheries, really. So you have. Like people say memories kill you, but God, I would kill to have some memories on those type of places where you could at least be like, I'm going to breeze by here. This has been good before you have confidence in certain things so you can adjust on the fly. Cause it's really hard to adjust on the fly when you've never been there and you don't have much experience. Mm-hmm. Right. So let's, uh, let's move on from that one and talk about your favorite one and, the one you think you did the best on. Grand. <laughs> yeah, good old I say Grand. that out of sarcasm. Yeah, no, I mean, Grand, like, dude, I was I was mad at him driving to Grand, so I was like, okay, like, what am I going to do? I talked to Panger and a couple other buddies and kind of got an idea of what the lake is like, and I knew I was going to have to fish shallow. <laughs> I hate fishing shallow. Um. But I was like, all right, learning experience. We're just going to pick the trolling motor up and fish shallow. I'll, I'll practice. And um, day one, I caught a couple keepers, um, nothing crazy. And I didn't really get on a pattern at all. They were just random. And that's kind of what everybody was saying. They're like, everything's really random. Um, day two of practice, I decided to fish the flats in Horse Creek for six hours. Cause I was like, I'm just going to see if I can find, cause like horse Creek is notoriously so good. So I was like, I'm just going to meander these flats. Like kind of the Mississippi river kind of has the same type of things. And if you just dedicate it to it, normally you'll run into a couple spots and they're normally only big ones. Hmm. Um, and that's what I'd heard grand was like. So I did that for six hours, never got a bite. And I was like, Hey, this sucks. I'm not doing this anymore. <laughs> probably should have pulled the cord after three hours but whatever right and uh then i ran to just this pocket and it was there was a lot of mud 
and um there was a little bit of harder bottom on the outside but like dude my boat was in a foot of water and like i was casting into shallow like i don't even know how shallow it was and uh got in there and caught a couple shorts like one keeper and i was going out of it and i saw a point and i just chucked a spinnerbait at the point and caught like a five five and a half so i was like okay cool that's sweet you know let's see what we can do with that ran to a different pocket that looked kind of like it and got to the back caught like a three pounder so then I was like, all right, maybe I got a little something going. So, you know, you talk to guys and try to figure out patterns. And what I had drawn the conclusion of was with the cool offs coming, I was like, they're coming to me. I just don't think there's a lot of them here yet. I need it to get colder. Um, and it was getting colder. And second to last day of practice, went around and ran those cuts, caught a limit with my co-angler that would have been you know, 13, 14 pounds. Last day of practice. Last day I got excited because I was like, hey, I'm going to run this pattern. I put three rods on my front deck just to burn water. And I ran into four pockets and caught four keepers. And they were all good ones, like two and a half to three and a half pounds. And it was, it felt like I was like, I could pull in, see what I needed, leave. And like, I could look at Google Earth, see what I needed, leave. Um, yeah. But the problem was my bike got better as the day went on. Cause like you needed to get cold to suck them in, but then you needed to get warm. So they get up on that really shallow mud. Cause otherwise they like just chase stuff around in the middle of the cut and you can't catch them. Hmm. Uh, that's what I found anyways. Um, Cause like none of the cuts I was fishing were like what you get saw guys on the final day, like those steep banks and stuff. I wasn't doing that. Like I was way back. so then yeah day one i I drew boat one and i was like of course like get the boat one curse that's might as well get it all out of the way the first year the opens um random my first few spots and they're bad um then like i looked at my code i was like dude 10 11 o'clock's gonna hit it's sun's gonna come out and they're gonna start biting and they did they were just all little um, I got one line burner and went in, but day two, I was excited because the weights weren't crazy enough that like I could still get to check range. Like I'd have to crack 18 to 20, but I knew it was possible at there, like at grand that's total dude, you pull into the right pocket at grand, you can catch like 23 pounds. I mean, it's been shown in so many events, if not more. Yeah. Yeah. So then what sucked for me was I went and I dead last boat out, which is awful, by the way, just terrible because you can only go like 50 and just boat wakes everywhere. (laughs) Um, Yeah, I went and started. I threw top water for the first three hours just trying to get a bite. And because I had heard a lot of guys were getting big bites on top water. And I was after the day before i was like why the hell am i gonna run into these pockets when i'm not gonna catch anything and uh yeah after like two and a half hours i was like all right let's go run the pockets and I'm running across a creek and through a blade Whew. so then uh yeah. yeah then chad went and chad came and got me and dragged me for two hours back because he zeroed day one so he was cool with it and then just like 
the ultimate setting in this sucks and like this is so real moment was he pulled me to where Kento was fishing and I went up shallow and like that five miles of bank is notorious so good and I fished it for the last six hours on the way in and I caught two shorts and that's where he blasted yeah I mean because I could only run a trolling motor man that's tough yeah, salt to the burn, super fun. All right, yeah, well, but I mean, just uh, I guess for anyone listening to me, just preach about how much it sucked for the last 15 20 minutes or whatever it was. Um, no, you just make it through a year and strap up and go do it again. I this thoughts start thinking it sinking into your head like day two when you're really sucking, you're like, Am I should I even be here? Like, am I good enough to do this? And um, you never really know until you go. And, like, obviously, I'd, maybe I'm not right now. Um, or it just that, wasn't your year. Yeah, or it just wasn't my year. And you just look back. Like, I look at the tournaments I had locally, or and you're like, okay, I did unbelievable there. Like, took second in the biggest trail in the state. You know, did really good in some really big one-off events here, and you're like, okay, like you're good enough locally. Um, and then go to the ABTs, and we finished like, you know, top third of the pack against a bunch of locals in both of them. Mm-hmm. So you're like, you can totally do it. Uh, it's just when it's not your year, it is really not your year. Like I, honest, dead honest, I haven't looked at the points, and I'm not gonna, but I think I might have finished last. I would be if I didn't. Someone had a worse year. I am. I feel bad for them. I'm looking it up right now. <laughs> I was gonna say, do you want us to fact check this, or do you want us to not fact this? I, fact dude, check. I'm pretty sure I might have been last. We'll see. I'm looking right now. Do you but want us I, to say that's that a reality? Running? The open. Someone takes first, Jacob Peroznik, and someone takes last, Adam Bartusek. <laughs> but dude, I mean, to be fair, like. It, it really does seem like the opens are getting harder and harder and harder to fish. Yeah. In, ter- in terms of competition. Yeah. Oh, for sure. But, like, I want to fish against the best. And, um, like, Pickwick, I was definitely on the right thing. Like, so that's the saving grace. I was like, all right, Pickwick, I didn't adjust. It was my fault. But I found top 10 caliber. Like, I could have won that tournament if I adjusted Mm-hmm. Um, Smith, I'd never been to a blueback lake. I had no like. Maybe if I listened to my gut, I could have caught some on a buzz bait. But like everybody ran up and did that. Um, right. you just got to get lucky. Huh? And I think Nick won. No, it wasn't Smith. He won Grant. Sorry, he, he won, won Grant, Grant on a plopper. Yeah, yeah. I don't know. I was thinking Smith, but yeah, it's. And, dude, that's what's crazy. I threw that damn plopper for two days. Like, I had my co-angler one day throw it all day, and we never got a bite. Wow. That's weird. The guy wins a tournament on it. You know, it's, you're in the right <laughs> part of the lake doing the right thing, and yep. it's crazy. That's the craziest part of bass fishing is everybody's going to catch him doing something different usually, no matter what. Mm-hmm. Mm-hmm. That's very true. I mean, no, I mean, it's a good learning experience. I look Like, I'm looking forward to next year because – I mean, the great thing is there's nowhere to go but up. Right. 
I mean, when you look back on the season, I mean, what's one thing that you're really proud of? And then maybe what's like the biggest lesson that you think you learned? Maybe not, maybe it's not even fishing related, but like. The one thing I'm really proud of that doesn't necessarily even have to do with fishing is I did it. Like one, I went and did it. And um, like, I was there, I gave myself the opportunity to do it. And like, I'm really proud of myself for going to Smith and especially Grant. Like after doing terrible in two events, like it is really hard to drive to the third one. Yeah. Um, so like I'm proud of myself for sticking it out and doing that. Um, so that and that's just kind of the plan <laughs> going forward is just keep doing it. Um, I I think Josh Douglas, when he was on BTL, said it really well. He said when he first started, like he did terrible too. Um, but he said like he gave himself five years. And after five years, if he didn't feel like he could compete, he would call it like in terms of the opens. And like, that's kind of the way I'm looking at it. Like after five years and like filming all the events I have and being to so many bodies of water, like if you can't get into that check range and all that with experience after that, like then it might not be your thing, but it's an expensive five years. It is. Yeah. Hey, what would, what was like, let's say, what was your average total cost per tournament for the three opens? Just so people know, like, how much it actually cost yeah. to um, do them. Well, like, your entry fee is $1,800, obviously. But just disregarding that, I mean, you pay for those way ahead of time. So when mm-hmm. you show up, you've kind of already forgot about it. I did anyways. Um, and I think, like a lot of guys have said, I think it's important to forget about that because if you're fishing, like I need to get a check, you're not going to fish well. Granted, I didn't fish well at all, but I think that's an important thing as well. Um, each event, eh, probably around a thousand dollars with gas and everything. Not terrible. No, it, honestly, it's not terrible. Is it a money pit? Absolutely. If you're doing more than one circuit, it is exponentially more expensive because you stay on the road way longer. Mm-hmm. But if you're just driving to one week and then driving home, it's not terrible. So you'd say probably costs you around three grand a tournament. So you're at nine grand for the three, roughly rounding. Yeah, up. for about the year. Yeah, and that I mean, but that also doesn't cost like throwing a blade, stuff like that. Yeah. Like that doesn't take it into effect. So you talk about that sort of stuff in there too. I mean. And maybe the tackle you bought specifically for that tournament. You can even put that into the thousand fifteen hundred for the most part. I mean, that'll get you by. I mean, rarely do you really show up for an event and you're like, man, I really need to order all these. Like the only I made like two orders before derbies, and that was like at Pickwick. I ordered like every rattle trap I could because I had like none of them and I needed like three quarter ounces. Like I needed heavy ones. Um but even with that, like, you know, 50 bucks, whatever. Yeah. Then over, you order it with guys you're staying with, the overnight cost, you know, it's 60 bucks, whatever. Yeah. It's, I mean, beyond the entry fee, um, obviously, you know, I think it's it's tough. Oh, it's getting tougher uh, with gas. But, like, you know, that, I mean, gas aside, you can get pretty cost effective when you travel. It's just, oh, dude, you're willing to sacrifice. Like we stayed, me, Chad Smith, and Connor Graham, and then we had two co-anglers stay with us this year. And that, like, one of my rules of thumb when I travel, like, because I always stay in houses, I'm not a camper. Um, I always try to find a place that it's less than fifty dollars a person a night, 
And at Pickwick, it was like $38 a person a night. Smith was like 22 and Grand was literally 22 as well. Dollars a night per person. Like you're staying with a couple dudes and like one guy's sleeping, you know, co-angler sleeping on the couch. The other one's on an air mattress, but like you got plenty of room. You can cook your own food. Like you're good. So if you kind of get a little group, it's not terrible. Um, Honestly, just the worst part is when you suck. (laughs) That, That really is it. All right. Do you, do you want the results? Of your AOI, did I take last? No, you did not. not even oh, sick! All right, that's good. <laughs> that's a win. That's my <laughs> mini win for the year. Close, but not last. Yeah, Andy, I don't need to know the official name? one. Yeah, I have it. Uh, you finished two twenty fifth. So if I mean, yeah, there, there's like two hundred and sixty. No, sixty two. Yeah, most of those guys fish one or two, so yeah. I still could have been last. <laughs> uh, I don't think you're you were honestly. Hey, you beat uh, you beat Bill Weidler. Oh dang, Bill. <laughs> Sorry, Bill. Um, yeah, no, it was tough. I mean, it was tough, but you learn, you move on, and I'm excited for next year. Yeah, yeah. speaking about next year, let's uh. One thing we were talking about is diving into the 2022 opens. And uh, I'm curious. So, obviously, you looked at the schedule. Obviously, you know, you've probably made your decision what you're going to fish. Maybe you have. Maybe you haven't. Um, But let's uh, let's go through these. Uh, Actually, I think it makes more sense to let the folks know before we go through the schedule, uh, which division are you planning on fishing? It's still not decided technically. Which um, which which division are you so, leaning towards? Here's the deal. I want to fish the Southerns. Okay. Because Kissimmee, grass, you know, Florida in February, get away from Minnesota. That sounds great. Um, Cherokee, smallmouth, like I'm all on board with that. And Hartwell, Bluebacks, I'm not I've done the blueback thing once now. I'm not too terrified of it. Plus, I need to eventually go to Hartwell. Um, but the really tough thing with that is with filming the crappie chronicles this winter, um, that is right smack dab in the middle of it. So it's really hard for me to be like, yeah, I'm going to leave for a week and a half. Um, cause I did that last year while filming it and it like, it sucks. Like I'm editing a video while I'm down there and it's just not fun. Um, so I want to do the Southerns, but also like I got a new boat on order and I also, I don't think my boat will be in by then. So like, I'd have to lend a boat, which I just don't want to do. Like, it's too big of a headache to worry about while I'm doing everything else. Yeah, that's understandable. So logistically, I don't think I can do the Southerns, which sucks because if you ask any single person who fishes opens, they all say the Southerns is the best schedule. I would like to do the Northerns, kind of, because the James seems, I've heard, is actually pretty fun. And Oneida, like, I mean, you guys know, like, up north, Oneida. I know it's not as good as it used to be. Well, July might be decent, because July is It is a great lake to fish year-round. It sucks so bad with 200 boats on it, because people say it's a big lake. It is not a big lake. It's 12 miles long, right? It's either 12 or 20 miles long. 
something like that. It might look big because you can't see the other end. It's like, like my thumb. It fishes <laughs> very, very small. Yeah. Yeah. So that, that also in there and then Chesapeake's whatever. But the big thing there is um, like a lot of the work I do in the summer uh, is around kind of there and there might be a conflict or might not. And it's just really hard to leave in the middle of the summer when I know I have work going on here. Plus around the fourth, normally I like to take a week off to hang out with my family since I like never get to see them anymore. Yeah. Um, oh, so that one's have fun that week, buddy. At Oneida, oh, yeah, so that, so yeah, horrible. and it's July 4th on Oneida, which sounds just miserable. no, you don't want to be there. That. Yeah, Ooh. so that that sounds like I know the guys were fishing in four footers and big winds there, but like I fished Minnetonka and I would take four footers and wind way over boat traffic. Yeah, I got good legs from Minnetonka, but there ain't nothing like boat traffic four footers, you can't yeah. fish in those. So does that leave that you're leaning towards the centrals? That means I am leaning towards probably fishing the centrals, which sounds and looks absolutely miserable. <laughs> well, so I figure after my it. terrible year, we might as well just really, really just make Have a bad worse. one. Yeah. Ugh, let's, red uh, let's, let's just let's dive right in. Right? Shall we? Shall we? Yeah, dive yeah, right in? yeah, for sure. I think All I'll right. be doing that. I'm about. I'm about 80% sure now I'll be doing the centrals. Okay. Well, we'll tune back in. Once we make our mind up, we'll have you. It's probably going to be the centrals. Okay. It's the only <laughs> thing holding me back is that I don't want to go to the Red River. <laughs> I think you and like half the field. You mean like you 95% of the field. Yeah. <laughs> yeah. Uh, <laughs> you, everyone except for Greg Hackney, pretty much. Yeah. <laughs> yeah. Um, all right, so let's start with the Southerns. February 3rd to 5th on, like you mentioned, in Kissimmee, Florida, on the Kissimmee chain of lakes. I think as we dive through these, let's think, one, how it's going to be one, and then let's throw out weights a day. Weights a day to win. But I, I would say weights a day to cash a check, but I don't know enough about all these places to really no, put a it'll be check off. I mean, uh-huh. dude, literally one thing I learned in the opens, almost any place you go, you can look at the check line and be like, is it really, you know, it's good. Oh, probably 13 to 14 pounds. Oh, it sucks. Well, it could be anywhere from seven to 11 a day. That's about <laughs> it. <laughs> Fair enough. <laughs> and the red might be if you catch a keeper. <laughs> yeah, it might be two pounds. Yeah. <laughs> yeah. Is yeah, that a 12-inch limit or is it 15 I don't know. I, whenever I get there, I'll figure it out. <laughs> if it has gills and looks greenish, it qualifies the bass. <laughs> yeah. Keeping redfish. Yeah. <laughs> All right. Kissimmee chain. Let's go around the room here. Uh, how do you think it's going to be one and then wait a day to win? Bart, kick us off. Uh, early February or yeah, early February out there. I mean, I'm sure there'd be fish on beds and like it's Florida, so it'll be shallow, but uh, normally I would assume that time of year, it's going to be by one, one by someone offshore, which like offshore in Florida is like three to six feet and some of the grass, like on a hard spot or a weed pocket or something like that. So I'm guessing that's probably how it'll get one. Like Josh Douglas always, if I remember right, he always did really well on Kissimmee. Um, like you said, and Josh or, and Chad told me, he's like, I'd love it there, but, um, 
yeah, I think it'd be a lot of scanning, more offshore stuff, maybe flipping pads and stuff. But it's Florida. You're going to see someone bring in two eight pounders and three squeakers. So, <laughs> um, is Kissimmee? Do they have a lot of shell bars like Harris? Yes, I think it's got more than Harris, if I remember. Oh, right. really? mm-hmm. Yeah, I think it's got a lot of shell bars. Interesting. I could totally be wrong too, but it's yeah. probably gonna be a trap and a chatterbait deal. Yeah. Gold trap, like a, chatterbait. you know, a good old speed worm stuff. <laughs> yep. like that. Isn't that how Keith won? Is that just a white chatterbait? Um, uh, I know the chatterbait because his. He's oh yeah, Keith, Keith won in Paris with a chatterbait. Yeah, yeah. Because yeah. the last time the open was there was what Whitney Stevens won it, I think, in Florida. Two oh, years yeah. ago, or I don't three years ago, the last Kissimmee. Kissimmee one. It's been a couple. I think of years. Douglas was in the top ten. I think he almost won. Yeah, yeah, I think I remember that. Cause no, was that last year? four years ago. I want to say. I thought Buddy Gross won one out there. Ah, who knows? I that could be wrong too. I oh, I think he won the one there, the FLW tour. That was is there. that what it was? Okay. Yeah. Because him and uh, Cox were on like a bed fishing fest and just smoked yeah. the entire field. Yeah, that might have been the one I'm thinking of Douglas too doing really well because he was offshore. Um, but yeah, guess a day. Eighteen. Yeah, I was gonna say seventeen to nineteen. Seventeen, eighteen, probably what, to win. Yeah, yeah a day. Because you have twenty three, fifteen, twenty two. Or something like that, or 26, yeah. 15. I mean, if they hit it right, it could be just crazy. Yeah. The 15, other thing to remember with the open 200 yeah. something boats, not 100. That's right. a big difference. Yeah. That is a huge difference. If the elites went there that time of year, I'd say like 23 a day with 100 boats. But with two, 200, Fair. 17, 18, probably. Let's see. Yeah, I don't, no disagreements there. I don't really know Kissimmee well to even put a, a stamp on how it would be won. I, I do agree it'll probably be won offshore. I think you get enough guys that get up shallow and flipping. There's only so many you know, opportunities or productive areas that aren't going to get hit by so many people, especially over three days. And I think you have to – you probably have to have a mix of both. I think you have to have an offshore deal – and maybe one or two small little stretches that you're going to go flip. I think you're going to see a lot of elite series anglers fishing that tournament. Because they have Harris. They have Harris and St. John's in Florida in February. Oh, so they're like, while they're down there, they might as well. They would start on Kissimmee, and then I think they go to St. John's, and then they go back to Harris. Yeah, and they're all, what, like an hour apart from each other, basically? Uh, Kissimmee to St. John's is probably two and a half, but like St. John's to Harris is hour, a skip. Yeah. hour 15, maybe. I drove there literally in February. It's like an hour, hour 15. Hmm. And they're all on right. the Atlantic coast, too, if I remember correctly, right? Yeah, they're all just right. Uh, well, you kind of, yeah, they're, they're all close. Like, it's n- nowhere. Yeah, there's going to be a lot of elites there. And the reason is because the next open that we'll talk about on Cherokee um, I believe that's right before they go to Santee Cooper. Uh, it's right after Santee and right before Chickamauga. Yeah, so it's so it's sandwich. right on the way. Yeah, yeah. The next one at Cherokee Lake, March thirty first to April second. Smallmouth. 
I heard uh, my could be one with large mouth. Could be up there. Probably be smallmouth. I heard Mike Huff put gobies in there. Really? No, he was was joking with us when he was on the show, texting us afterwards saying, bring a live ball down of gobies to Cherokee. (laughs) I don't know enough about the weights on Cherokee to tell you, but I'd guess like 15 or 16 a day. Yeah, I'd say. I don't know what spawn is for some of these places. I think that's going to be pre-spawn, right? You're going to be getting close. I mean, dude, they're just going to smash them. That's the is, one open where everybody's going to smash them. Is that – Cherokee is above – And Cherokee Douglas. isn't that big. It's right above it's, Douglas, I believe. Like, they're really close to each other. It's, is that yeah. more north of Chickamauga? Or is that yeah, it's really yeah. close to Knoxville. It's like 45 minutes from Knoxville. Oh, yeah, they're not going through spawn. Or they're about to spawn, like, the next week and a half or two. Yeah, they'll, they'll be pre-spawn. If it's warm, maybe pulling up, but – it should be a hammer or fast. full mo- or full moon or a full moon. Yep, absolutely. But it, I mean, seeing you know the usual natrag swim bait. I'd love to see someone win one of these on a spinner bait because it should get one on a spinner bait that time of year. If I yeah. went there, I'd be throwing a spinner bait a lot. Yeah, fun. And Kirk bait, underspin. I don't know. It's smallmouth. Whatever, whatever you want to throw at them pre-spawn and that they'll eat. You just got to get around <laughs> the right eight. size. Well, an Upshaw won flipping uh, a wacky rig, didn't he? He was flipping in the wacky rig and a net rig, but they were spawning. Oh, okay. Yeah, because Felix almost won that one too, and he was doing the same thing. They are basically sight fishing. I don't think you can actually sight fish there. I think the water's too dirty. Hmm. So moving on to the third and last one of the Southerns, that is October 6th to the 8th on Lake Hartwell in Grind. South Carolina, where the Best Master Classic is going to be. Yeah, the, that'll be 15, 16 a day. There's going to be a drastic weight drop-offs, yeah. but that's what it'll be. Just whoever like, can get a, a big 13, 14 off. to make the top 10. Well, don't forget, like, when they were there last time, Cody Honor, the first day, busted, like, 20 to 22. Of all largemouth, right? Yeah, all largemouth. So, like, it's possible. I mean, I think if you can have He one made the final day, day only catching, like, two fish the next day, I think. Yeah, so if you have one kicker a day, I mean, and then the limit, I think you'd be good. Yeah, I mean, that one will be blueback, so it's going to be top water, live scope. Chasing rogues. Chasing, chasing fish. I think cane piles play a lot there. So, that type will, of deal. Will we see Hank Cherry three-peat and then go win the open? It very well could. <laughs> you can throw a jerk bait in both of them. That's <laughs> just fair. Uh, any other thoughts on Hartwell before we move on to the Central's? What was funny about Hank, though, when I was filming Hank, just kind of a funny side topic, but everyone thinks of him as a jerkbait fisherman because he is unbelievable at it. But when I was filming him, um, yeah, he told me his favorite thing to do is flip docks with a jig. Favorite thing in the world. And that's absolutely the complete opposite of throwing a jerkbait. Oh, 100%. <laughs> it could not be more Four. different. <laughs> Four like, I was filming him on, on Pickwick. And we went into this dock stretch, and I was like, you like fishing docks? And he's like, man, this is my favorite thing to do. I was like, really? It's like, yeah, my forearms don't hurt from jerking all day. <laughs> yeah. 
And I'm on fire. <laughs> His forearms have to be like this big. Like, yeah. yeah. He's awesome. But yeah, no, Hartwell will be interesting. But all right. Central opens. First one is on April 28th to the 30th at Ross Barnett, which I feel like the Bass hasn't been back to in years. Canel, that's where Canel won. There's giants, but not a ton of fish, right? I I think I don't. I talked to people, and they're like, I it's really tough. Like, weights. it's really good. I like it being big weights. The weights weren't very big when Dustin won. They might have had a blow day though. I can't they remember. They did. did no, they they, 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 fish, they just... fished. They fished during the blow day, but um, they made it really miserable. Like. I know there was quite a few giants caught, like six, seven pounders plus. Yeah, like there's freaks in that lake. And there's a lot of rebar to hit. Mm-hmm. Canel won in 17. Day one had Brandon Card was leading with 22-14. Uh, there was four bags over 20. Day two. What was Big Fish of the event, though? That's a great question. I don't know where to find it. Uh, day two, Connell was leading with – he had 16-11 on day two with 19 on day one. Day three, let's see. What time of year was this? They were there in like August, I think, like super late. I do not think it was that. I think it was like March. You might be right, huh? Uh, nope, July. Canel had on day three had 15 and a half, kept the lead. So that means day four, he only had like 12 pounds. They were there for two months, April 27th through July 15th. What in the? That's why, yeah, I, I remember looking that up. Um, I think it was the 27th, I think it's the same time frame, actually. Yeah, he had. 19 pounds, 16 pounds, 15 pounds, 12 pounds. Yeah, so with an open, you're looking at 15 a day, probably 16. From what I've heard about that place, it's going to be a junk fishing factory. Which, does that suit your style? Not suit your style? Absolutely not. Well, you better get into some junk. Got to get better. So we're going to. The first, it was May 1st. They were there. May 1st? May 1st. So it's that same time frame. Yeah. I think if I remember right, KVD was catching them deep cranking or something. If I could get into that, I'm going to Deep cranking? Nah, it doesn't sound like him. It was either deep cranking or square billing is one of the two. Yeah, he was throwing a crankbait. I know that. Hmm. Well, then your favorite one is next. You have to literally wait until... Until end of April to the end of September. Yeah, just like fish. this year. Yeah, to just go fish the Red River. In yeah, the so pumped. Yeah. So I'll probably take, I'm going to say 23 to 26 pounds a day, I think. To yeah, probably. It's a yeah. hammer hole. Yeah, whoever brings You ain't catfish, fish, right? Yeah, biggest catfish, biggest channel cat. Redfish. <laughs> yeah. Um, no, I mean, I honestly can't even give you weight predictions because I don't think the winner will catch a limit every day. <laughs> if you have weight, you will bring home. If one. you catch five <laughs> fish every day, you will win that tournament. I legitimately think. 
Like, if you look back at Red River tournaments, I believe that's correct. Like, it is not good. It sounds like you're going to have a lot of fun. Yeah. Put something black and blue in your hand and just go flip everything that you can. That's probably the yeah. probably and take the hook off in because a Colorado fish blade spinnerbait. Yeah, you have to take the hook off because every fish that you catch in practice is going to be crucial. Yeah, <laughs> catch Don't one and you're going to be like, God dang it! <laughs> Why did I do that? <laughs> well, there goes the tournament, boys. Let's drive home. <laughs> yeah, that's it. <laughs> All right, and then the last one of the centrals. Uh, October 20th, 22nd. It is the latest of the Opens, the last one. Uh, and that is on Sam Rayburn in Texas. So that's the one that's going to get me through the Centrals. Because that I still think it's going to be tough, but like there's just a ton of fish in there. So should be fun. I think you can do a bunch of different things. Better than Louisville. Yeah, I think you can go deep. You can go shallow. You can fish grass. You can fish brush. Um, thinking you can do a bit of all of it, so I'm excited for that one. Nice. What do you think you're going to be doing? I don't know. That's not a fun answer. It's like I haven't even really thought away. about it. The, like, dude, <laughs> if it comes to me in those first two, I had to fish shallow the whole time. I'll probably just scan for four days and be like, wonder what the brush piles have in them. <laughs> so mag draft six XD. You're gonna Carolina rig blizzard. Yeah, Carolina oh, we'll have some fun. Yeah, if I can fish brush piles, I'm all about it. Like that, that'd be cool. So, jerk baiting them on brush. Yeah. All right, last division here, uh, the Northern Opens, and that's going to start on April 14th to the 16th at the James River again, just like last year. From what I have talked to people that time of year, there they think it's going to be a hammer fest. I do believe that is correct. Like, biggest bags of the year. That could be a lot fun to watch those ways or even be fishing that. That could be. Yeah, I think they're saying, uh, I'm going to guess that one 18, 19 a day. It's big weights there. I mean, mean, there's damn big fish, but I think it's funny how last year with the, the pressure. Uh, a lot of guys were, were downsizing, you know, just keeping a spin around their hands, and then BP picks up an eight-inch mag draft and wins. <laughs> yeah, go big instead. I think you'll see a lot of guys doing that instead. It'll get one finesse fishing. Yeah. Everyone's gonna be throwing. Yeah, that will be flip flop. Yeah, <laughs> you're gonna see these giant freaking swim baits all over their heads, and yeah. How'd you? And so the next one, Echo Rig. <laughs> yeah. Next one is July 7th and 9th. It's going to be a lot of fun for you guys in practice with nice July 4th boaters uh, on good old Oneida Lake in Syracuse, New York. An absolute fun place to fish when there's 200 boats. Basically, if you're going to catch, I think, let's look it up from this past year. While we're at it, we might as well look up the weights from last year. Probably going to take, I still think it's going to take 17 or 18 a day, won't it? To win, that, yeah. In July, yeah. they're they're going to be post spawn at that point, like but just getting into summer pattern. So it's 17, 18, 15, 14, 11, 11, 11, 11. Probably what it's going to be. In July, I bet you get a couple closer to 20. Wasn't it late July this year, anyways? I think it was August. It was August, I believe. Is it August? Which is the worst time of year to go there because you have all the year of the young 
perch and shad and crab. July is a lot better there from everything I've heard. All I know is the weekend, the two weekends before the Open was there, it was one with over 20 pounds for all the local tournaments. Yeah, July will be good. They'll, they'll catch them a lot better because they'll, be, they'll want to be eating. I'm going to bet you my bottom dollar, and I'll save this clip, that it's going to be exactly the same. That lake is so damn small. I am willing to bet my bottom dollar. Let's see. Let's see what it took just to cash a check. Probably like 11 a day or 8 a day. Look at that. One of our hometown boys. Casey Smith was 40th. Cash a check with 21.13. So 10 and a half pounds pretty much. That's tough. So, I mean, I'm going to say it's not – I'll give it 12 pounds a day, but I don't think it's going to be much easier with that time of year. Just being at that lake with 200 boats, I don't think that will bode well. But the next one, uh, I've heard rumors that is going to be uh, as good as James River, if not the best one on the schedule in terms of weight. Some people don't agree with it. Uh, some people – uh, especially locals say it's going to be really good. But well, that is September 8th to the 10th on the upper Chesapeake Bay in Maryland, which I know nothing about. I know zero. Massive I just know the elite events. They've been there at weird times. And when it, like you'll see Carl catch like 18 pounds, and then you're like, but like sixth place is like nine. And you're like, what? Yeah, I think that was the year that Aaron won and Swindle stayed right by the ramp fishing retreads. And call like ten pounds a day. Yeah, yeah. I know they're in a local tournament there this year. There was a ten pounder caught. Oh yeah, there's giants. There's freak giants in there. Um, yeah, I mean it's September. I have, in my experience, that time of year, early September is always the worst fishing. Mm-hmm. So I have no idea how it's going to be, but it sounds like it could be pretty good according to some people. But um, so obviously, you want to be fishing the southerns, as you mentioned. But uh, you might not be able to fish the Northerns. But the next choice would be the Northerns if I could. But at least uh, the Northerns. I can I think I'm gonna. I think I might have a work conflict. So then I can't. Right, right. If I don't have a work conflict, I'll do the Northerns, even though it's gonna suck driving. Well, you got a place to stay in Buffalo. Yeah, for sure. I'm like, I know Oneida fish is small, but, like, it's going to be just like home. So, I'm not too worried about it. It is fairly similar, yeah, I would say. But uh, it's, it's going to be an interesting schedule. I mean, I, I don't think it's – I'll say this, that it looks pretty much the same schedule as last year. I will say people think it's the worst, but I think what's most intriguing is the Central Open schedule. Um, just because it just seems very diverse, if that makes any sense. It's going to be weird. I think the it's going to say a lot about the guy who wins AOI for that division. I mean, you're going to you're going to earn that damn thing. I'll tell you that. I mean, yeah, I might be able to have a bad tournament to go from worst to first, right? You know. Yeah, like Andy just said, you could definitely get like a you know, a 50th place finish and still win, it, you know, the Open's AOI for that division. You never know. Yeah. 
Because especially the Red River, dude, I mean, you get a guy catches a lemon over a guy that, you know, catches two fish. I mean, that's a huge gap. You never know what can happen there. Or you yeah. can be in 10th place with two fish. Yeah. <laughs> yeah, I got no clue. Any other I just know I want to be fishing the opens, and I got to do what's best for, like, I also have to do what's best for business. Like, right. you know, until I decide I'm going to do all nine. Once I decide, you know, I'll do all nine or I'll do six or whatever. I was debating doing six going into this year. And then I kind of saw the schedule and just how it lays out. And I was like, I just don't think I can do it. So you're just going to go fish Toyotas instead? No. <laughs> I, was debating, I was debating it, but no. No. <laughs> Well, dude, um, you know, obviously opens. We hope that this coming year will be much better for you than this past. But uh, even though it wasn't exactly how you wanted it to go, uh, it still went. And that was one of the goals for you. Uh, and you learned a lot from it. So I think either way, it might have sucked. In the time being, I think it's a win moving, you know, moving forward after your first open season. So hopefully the next one, you know, some things will click a little bit better for you and obviously do a little bit better. But. Yeah, no, it's all learning experience. And like, as much as you say that, like, you can still say it just sucked. Like, it does, mm-hmm. that is true. It is like, what it is. Yeah, you try to pull what you can learn from it. But at the same time, it's hard, hard to pull much when it's just bad. Yeah. Um. So, yeah, you just try to do better. And the biggest thing is just getting back on the horse and doing it because – yeah, like you have thoughts of like, should I even do it next year? But then it's like, well, then I'm never going to go do it again. So I might as well do it now while I can and yeah, see how we can do. Heck yeah, dude. Anything else on the opens before we uh, wrap this thing up? No, not really about the opens. I'm, I'm excited for the Elite Series schedule next year. Oh, I don't think I'll be filming any of it, but I'm freaking jacked. It's going to be yeah, awesome. I can't wait. It's a bomb schedule. We're going to have some fire fantasy fishing shows coming up for that. Yeah, I'm excited for – and I think, like, one thing I did really learn this year, I think, too, is um, a lot of the opens I went to and, like, events in general, like, I've been so slammed busy with work and just everything that I haven't really gotten to really prep that much or like really get my mind into it or anything. It kind of just showed up and did it. Um, and obviously that doesn't go very well. Um, so I think like next year, my big thing is like, obviously this winter is going to be super busy and, um, I just want to be more mentally prepped and more like really jacked to go do it, you know? Cause I think I learned, obviously I started a business signed up to do all of it um but i really learned with doing that first lay lake tournament and then following the elites all of february into march and then going to the opens and like just keeping going i slowly was losing like my excitement for like oh i get to go down south like here we go it was more burned. of a like, chore mm-hmm. you're definitely burned out at that oh. point for sure, which like you fall, I'll be like, I'm honestly just not excited to rig rods for you fall. I just hate rigging rods. Um, but who likes it? I, I don't know. Hayden does, loves it. Just keep tying them. <laughs> so, but, why Hayden and I would make great friends. <laughs> yeah. But, uh, like I for me, like another reason I think rods. I'm going to do the centrals 
is just as much as it's not I don't maybe it maybe it will be fun. I don't know. But as much as I think it's gonna suck, like I need to fish that Ufala Derby in December. And then I need like five months of no tournament bass fishing. And like watching it on you know, watching bass live, watching that stuff and like becoming a fan of it again. Because like I didn't, I was at the events. Like I got to watch a bit of it, but I was working, so like I almost feel like I missed a full year of it in, in a way. Right. Um. So like that was honestly has been a big thing. Like really today, I was talking to some people, and that's kind of where I made up my mind. I think I'm going to do the centrals. Is just I need to rekindle that because I know it's what I want to do, and I can't just burn myself to the ground doing it. Um, I need, I need those five months and like that March and February where maybe I'm not ice fishing. I need that time to just chill at home or go fun fishing out in Iowa or South Dakota or Wisconsin, wherever. Um, but I, I need that. So I think that's just important for everyone to know, like, like, yeah, I'm living the dream. A lot of us get to go do it all day, all the time, but you got to take care of yourself. Like I've been burning myself to the iron just because with COVID and everything, like there, ha- there hadn't been a lot of things you can go do. And now that everything's kind of more open, you can. So yeah. I just need to go have a regular life as well. I heard that dude. I mean, there's, there's only so much moving and grooving and nonstop and with no rest that you can take before your body just starts to shut down. Yeah, and that's, like, the Elite Series guys, like, yeah, they have nine weeks, and, like, it's grueling, and a lot of them spend more than that time on the road. But the biggest thing is once August 30th hits, basically, they're home doing whatever they want. They get a huge reset. Mm -hmm. Like, man, my like, I feel for the guys, like, who are fishing the Opens trying to make the Elites fishing all nine, you know, like Pangrak and Hallman and Upshaw and all these guys. Because, like, they just finished. They're going to start on Kissimmee, and then they're going to go until the end of October again next year. And, like, as much as people are like, oh, you get a month in the summer or whatever, one month flies by. Three or four months, when you get that backed up together, all of a sudden towards the end of it, you're like, I'm itching, I'm ready. By the end of one month, you're like, I'm kind of ready, but not really. Because you're still going out and fishing, too, around home just to stay fresh. Yeah. Whereas now, like you can have the, all that time off. So I think that's really big. And honestly, maybe that's one of the biggest things I learned this year is just more of you can keep trying to do it and beating your head against the wall, but you got to do it smart too. Yeah. It's a fair point. Yeah. Well, dude, we are going to uh, wrap things up here, but it's been good to get you back on the show. Yeah, and good seeing you, bud. Uh, I think this is a, a good opportunity to, uh, kind of hint at some things that are coming uh, for the fantasy fishing shows because we're taking that was obviously one of the people's favorites this past year was the fantasy fishing previews and the recaps that we did. Um, oh, by the way, I still haven't gotten a bait from Andy or D. I I know I told you I have it. He's texted me and told yeah. me it's on the way, but I haven't heard anything from Deacon. So, <laughs> well. <it's, laughs> Deacon had mentioned it like a month ago. He goes, oh, did you get something for Bart yet? And I'm like, yeah, I shipped him stuff like two months oh, ago. Oh, I have it. It's yeah, sitting it's literally in my basement. sitting right here. 
Well, no, I'm saying, yeah. So Deacon, I'm saying, is what messaged me a while ago and said it. It's a sick dog water. I almost took it to Smith. Yeah, I've never actually used that. I was actually going to ask you the other day how that thing was, if you ever actually used it. But um, I will throw it eventually. Yeah. (laughs) Yeah. But uh, Deacon's like, oh, did you you send Bart his thing? I was like, yeah, like a month after he won, not even. And he goes, oh, I haven't sent anything yet. And it was like, I should probably do that today. So most likely knowing Deacon, he's like me, where he's got a lot of ADHD. He probably completely forgotten, like still doesn't know until he. I'll just make him buy stuff for me at Ufala. We're staying together at Ufala. Oh, there you go. So what you should do is when you're like buying tackle and stuff for the championship, just be like browsing. He's like, uh, just basically do an Instagram story or something and call his ass out and be like, yeah. hey, you haven't gotten here. <laughs> While you're buying tackle for the national championship, you should order my crap and bring it down for me. <laughs> yeah, just like we're walking into a local bait shop and he's grabbing stuff. I'm like, so where's my stuff? Yeah. <laughs> you, should like, you should just like grab something you want from that shop while he's buying crap and throw it in his box and be like, that's some fantasy fishing. <laughs> yeah, I might have to. It's just fun to get things I wouldn't normally buy. Like That's why I'm excited for whatever Andy's going to send me. And Well, you know it's coming. I'm trying to find that Whopper Plopper. That's the only thing I can't find. I have have too many Whopper Ploppers. You don't need to find that. All right, I won't send it then. All right, I'll send you something else. Send me something else. I got like 10 of them now because of Grand Lake, and I'm never going to throw that fucking thing again. Pardon my (laughs) French. (laughs) I was going to buy that. uh, Is it G-Crack that makes it? Whoever makes the the literal piece of poop that people fish now. I was going to. They're like $10 for five cover skits. The, yeah, the scats, whatever those things yeah. are. I was like, all right, I'm going to order like three of these for Bart. I'm like, ah, it's kind of a jerk move. <laughs> I was like, I'll throw them on top water. <laughs> yeah, no, that's awesome. Dude, I want it. Like, I've been trying to catch up on work because the Mississippi River Bites just fuego right now. And like this bait, I could go catch. I mean, I don't even know how many smallmouth I could catch on that thing. So yeah. I want to do it, but I'm not going to be able to. So it's whatever. Well, like, I pulled my boat on. I pulled my boat out of the water in Minnesota on September like 28th and I looked at Waldo and I said, dude, I legit think this is the last time my boat's going to be in the water in Minnesota. Jeez. Cause it opens and then filming other things. Like I just don't think it's going to happen. So you'll have to send me the, a picture of the first one you catch on that top bar. If you can remember, I will. I'll remember it. I'll, I'll for sure. Remember it. I'll be like, yeah, Bailey got me this. Oh, word. There you go. Well, we'll have to. One, we're going to up the ante, I think, for next year. Uh, two, That's I'm not fine. Gonna, I'll mop the floor I, again. I'm not going to pick like a dumbass like last year. <laughs> uh, <laughs> one percentiles. <laughs> one percentiles and then be too stubborn to, to change throughout the rest of the year. Uh, but also, we have some really cool stuff like we're going to try to, if everyone's schedules can align, uh, try to make every show a live show on Monday nights have giveaways for each week. We're going to really like make this thing like its own series. Uh, we got some sponsor involvement coming in too. It's going to be a wicked cool deal. Uh, so we're excited for that for, for all of us. So it's, and for you guys, because those shows, everyone seemed to enjoy our take uh, because I think one, either we all agreed or two, we all completely disagreed and then bickered about it for 10 minutes. And, and we all had it. four different picks. Yeah. Unless, like, and then we all just started following. Then everyone got like, mad at me for always picking Felix. <laughs> yeah. Wait, we're like, oh, if I, yeah, Bart's going to pick. It's either Fighter or Felix. <laughs> one of the two. <laughs> Wait, hey, I'm going to pick gonna... Fighter, Felix, and Douglas. Yeah. 
Every I don't time. know how I'll divide my picks. <laughs> <laughs> They're all in group A's. He'd be like, crap. I, I should take that back. Fighter Felix. Uh, Douglas might Douglas. be my new Felix next year because he's going to catch him everywhere. I mean, you could almost potentially. If you want to talk about early season rookie of the year, if he qualifies for it, which I think I he will. He's going to. I think he will. I, I don't know, he, though. If he does qualify for rookie of the year, he's going to be tough to tough to beat. I can tell you in one second. Do they count FLW winnings? No. Yes. I thought no, they, they did. Yeah, that was a definitive answer. No, because <laughs> – I'm pretty sure they do. Well, because Buddy Gross was uh, considered a, a rookie, and there's no way if they count FLW that he would have been a rookie, if that makes sense. But then there's been other guys who have come over from FLW that didn't count as rookies. There's yeah, a, there's like there's Felix like a won, cut line. Felix won rookie of the year, and I think he definitely easily would have won over 100 grand over in FLW. I thought it was like over a million. I think it's 250 thousand. Is that what it is? I think it's 250. Ooh, because Buddy Gross, good. Buddy Gross was like just underneath it. Okay. I wonder. Yeah, I don't. I don't know. If Even if it is a hundred thousand, uh, I mean, Josh Douglas only has eighty-four grand in bass. So, he's but FLW, they they count FLW. I'm pretty sure he's got a rating. handful of FLW trophies. It's going to be really close. Because yeah. if they didn't count FLW, then Randall Tharp would have been able to win Rookie of the Year when he came over. Yeah, or Christie, or Scott Martin. Yeah. Do they combine Bass and FLW? Yeah, yeah, it's total career winnings for whatever like professional tournament circuit you fish. Is it going to be like a hundred dollars under, maybe? <laughs> I, I, I think, think so, dude. I, I think it's two fifty. I'm pretty sure it's two fifty. He <laughs> was it like a dollar? <laughs> Hold on, let me make sure I get this math right. That'd be nuts if it's like less than ten dollars. No, it's definitely not that. But it's, <laughs> it's pretty freaking close. <laughs> like, if he cashed another check, he might be in trouble. $246,414. If you can, oh, so if it's $250, he's a rookie. He's a squeaker. He's a rookie. He's squeaking in. <laughs> yeah. All I'm going to say is don't sleep on my boy Jacob Fox. That's all I'm going to say. Oh, no, for sure. I think it's super cool. You know that Douglas was his cameraman. Yeah. For yeah, when he won really the cool. college deal, yeah, in Bemidji. I'm sure that'll be a, a story that Bass brings up at, at some point. But yeah, uh, all I'm going to say, I'm going to leave it at this point, is I'm really excited for when Fouts makes his first top ten and gets on stage day four. I'm going to leave it at that. I'll yeah. let everyone prosper, uh, prosper in the suspense. But just wait until until J- uh, Jacob gets on stage day four, and you'll you'll know what I'm talking. Watch out for watch out for the rookie from Wisconsin, Jay Shakira. Dude, and his dad, his dad is a pro for the National Walleye Tour. Yeah, he's a monster, dude. He's won, excited, uh, I think he's won a handful of events as a co. He just qualified his first year as a pro. He won two events as a co, I think. Two big events. I'm trying to remember what they were, but they're maybe Toyota. I think he won a co-angler of the year, too. Like, he's, dude, he's really good. Heck, yeah. That's going to be a lot of fun to watch. And, like, after day one at Grand, I was staying right by him. Like, he kind of was in – he might have been like 59 to 70th after day one at Grand, said he dumped a bunch of fish. And he was just like, ah, it's not meant to be, you know, whatever. 
then next day he goes out and he's like, maybe it's meant to be because he blasted him. (laughs) (laughs) He got in and yeah, he got in and it was like, man, but he's good. He's really good. I don't think he's been to a lot of places, so we'll see how good he really is. But dude, he's, he's good. Well, even so dude, like if he can stay alive, I mean, look at fighter. Mm -hmm. I mean, it's, it's proof that you can get better the more experience you get with places. Oh, always. Yeah. Always. Those northern guys are taking over. Slowly but surely. We got two more of them now, Jay and Josh. Mm. Oh, that's the thing. There's no secret. Technically, anymore. Jacob Fouts is a northerner. He's from Ohio. Dude, that is whatever. If, if you uh, live within 100 miles of Lake Erie, if you live within 100 miles of Lake Erie, you are a northerner. Yeah, but then they're only like, depending on where he is in Ohio, he's like two and a half hours from Kentucky Lake. Yeah. Yeah, so Ohio is north to me. <laughs> Depends if you on have where to you drive are. over 10 hours to get to like every single open, you're a northerner. He's probably close. Like, <laughs> I mean, I, he lives on Chickamauga now, so he's not a northerner now. I basically but... speak of it in this when I say northerners, like I there's New Yorkers and there's northerners. New Yorkers are different because you guys get a bunch of events over by you. We get nothing. We had one open in lacrosse two years ago, and we were like, oh, my God. <laughs> you get a, you get a yeah. BPT event next year. You have what? You get a BPT event in September on Malax. Yeah, they're going to hate that. <laughs> they're all like, bags. dude, it's going to be like 40 pounds a day. Maybe. When they go there. Yeah, it ain't going to be that good. Oh, boy. I mean, Noah just won a boat there September ninth or something he caught like 56 pounds i think hmm. and like he only caught like 15 fish and that's a local hammer yeah yeah well it's it's gonna be interesting uh major league fishing has uh announced uh boy duckett announced at least uh bass talk live that there will be major league fishing fantasy fishing so if that does come to fruition maybe we'll have to dabble into incorporating that somehow i don't know how what format or whatever have, but... have another show uh, that's fine with me. I'm okay with another show. We'll force Bart to get on while he's driving. And make his make his picks and yeah. yeah. You're just getting my schedule busier and busier. I love it. <laughs> we'll do it's only we'll an do, hour. We'll up. Here's what we're gonna do. We'll, we'll up the ante for bass, but for major league fishing, there's gonna be a a consequence for the loser. How about that? Then do I just get yelled at if I pick Wheeler every event? <laughs> <laughs> yeah. oh, that that should be our ante. Nobody can pick Wheeler. Or what about this? What about we do? I don't know. We again, this all depends on what format, software, what the hell they do. But like, what if we combine their fantasy fishing, if it's anything like bass, with unlock the lake, where it's like we have our own deal with that, where it's like we can only pick one guy for each event, like. I don't know. We'll figure it out when the time comes, but it's a, it's not worth spitballing here on a show. People are like, "Shut up, you idiots!" Or they probably already tuned out to this thing. But either way, if it comes to fruition, we'll try to find a way to incorporate the BPT into our fantasy fishing shows somehow. But boys, I think we are going to sign off here for the night. Anything you guys want the folks to know before we uh, say sayonara? No, I mean. If, if people like watching YouTube videos and they're bored this winter and they want to watch something like you don't even have to really like ice fishing. I, 
I try to tell a really good story with the Crappie Chronicles. So if you want to just enjoy something else and binge on it, come on over and watch. Heck yeah. And obviously that'll all be plugged down below in the description. So you guys can go right to Bart's channel. You can watch all of season one. It's all right there. You can catch up. Heck yeah. Andy, anything for folks? No, um, as everybody's listening to this, I'll be on a trout stream on a guided trip. I'm waking up at four o'clock in the morning, so it's gonna be fun. Oh, yeah, I, yeah. Well, I'm not gonna go to bed till probably one because I have all kinds of crap I still have to do. Well, so, good luck, buddy. I know. I think thanks. this is your first steelhead trip, right? Yeah, it's Steve, so it's gonna be fun. Oh heck yeah! yeah. All right, well, boys. It's been a good night. I appreciate you again, Bart. It's good to get you back on the show, and uh, we'll get you back on soon. But, uh, folks, we will see you guys on Monday night. Well, that was an awesome show. Hope you guys enjoyed it. If you can and your app allows it, please leave us a rating and review. It really helps us get seen more, which allows us to access more time and more variables to be able to bring to the show to make it better for you guys. So hope you enjoyed it. And if you did and you liked some of the things we talked about in this episode, and want to check out our show partners, all of that is in every single show description. You can click down there. It's got all of our discount codes, all of our links to our show partners, where you guys can go and support the people that support this show and help us make this show happen. And of course, this show does not happen without you guys. You guys know we appreciate you. You're the Searsanga fam. You're the reason we're here. Appreciate y'all, and we'll see y'all on the next one.